The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, thanks for listening to the 49ers Rush podcast. Sorry for the delay. It's been a crazy couple months uh, traveling to Europe, moving out to California from Dallas, Texas. Just a whole bunch of stuff going on, but life's somewhat normal now, so it's time to get back to the important stuff, and that's just straight 49ers football. Uh, Thank you for those of you on Twitter who's been staying on me, just begging for a new podcast. Well, here we go. We're going to move on. This is our eighth podcast, and we're going to be covering Trent Taylor today. He was the fifth-round pick, pick number 177 overall. And we got the pick from Denver this year. We actually traded away a future pick next year, 2018 fourth-round pick, for the rights to Trent Taylor in the fifth round and Capri Bibbs, the running back, kind of scat back, third down type of a guy this year. So not usually a big fan of trading away future picks, but luckily uh, John Lynch totally dominated this draft, and we have an extra second-round pick from the Saints next year. And then also an extra third round pick from the Bears just for moving back that one draft pick in the, or one draft slot in the first round. So luckily that's going to give us five picks in the top 70 to 75 picks. We do have some ammunition in the future, so not too upset with giving up the future pick. But um, what we're going to do is we're going to get into the background of Trent Taylor, kind of where he grew up and what he's all about. Uh, we'll get into some film breakdown and then we'll get into scheme fit, what we can expect from this new 49er and if you're, if you're a film guy like I am, you'll, you'll absolutely love going back through his college tape because you, you watch the game tape and it's like a highlight reel because every 20 seconds he's showing up. And I first found out about this guy whenever I was studying Carlos Henderson's tape out of Louisiana Tech, um, one of my favorite wide receivers. And I kept just noticing, man, who is this other guy who keeps flashing all over film? Well, turns out it was Trent Taylor. And you start looking at the stats and it just gets – bonkers with what his production level was so let's get into where he, what he's about played high school ball in Shreveport Louisiana Evangel Christian Academy which if you, you follow uh, any kind of high school football up north you'll hear about them um, they put out a lot of talent but because he was only five foot eight um, 181 pounds he didn't get a lot of targets he was a three-star recruit and his only major offer was from Louisiana Tech the Bulldogs he went there. He was a four-year starter and put up crazy numbers. I like this guy. He just – you watch him and you just think Mighty Mouse. He overperforms his physical limitations. And so if you look at his height, weight, 
arm length, hand size, they're all in the bottom 2% of this draft class. Like, he is tiny, tiny, tiny. So you're like, well, he's probably super fast then, right? Uh, not really. He ran a 4.63 in the 40, which is not great. But if you look at some of his comps, uh, especially Jeremy Curley, who he's going to be playing behind, who ran a 4.56. And then, of course, you got the Wes Welker comparison. Anytime you get a small, white, shifty receiver, it's Wes Welker comparison this, Julian Edelman that. And sure enough, um, he is almost identical to Wes Welker in every single thing that you can measure. Now, the good thing about him is he's actually better than Wes Welker in every single facet that is measured at the combine except for the 20-yard shuttle, and they tied. Uh, They both had a 4.01, which is in the top 90th percentile, which is absolutely bonkers. And basically what this 20-yard shuttle measures is how shifty you are, how quick you can change direction. And it shows up on film for this guy because he bounces – all over the place, and as soon as his pursuit uh, gets basically the angle in which he's running gets cut off by the defender, um, he just stops and shifts back, and a lot of times they don't even touch him. He is a shifty, shifty guy. So, again, as I said, he was a four-year starter at Louisiana Louisiana Tech and put up just crazy numbers. Just last year alone, he had 136 catches. That's second in the entire country behind only Zay Jones of East Carolina. Uh, who was drafted in the second round to the Buffalo Bills. And on top of that, he led the entire country, the NCAA Division I, with 1,803 yards receiving. This guy is a highly productive player. And so usually whenever you see him, you're thinking, oh, third down, first down type of guy. This is his target, slot killer, so on and so forth. And yes, that that is true, but he breaks plays which is something you wouldn't guess whenever you saw his 40-yard dash. And we'll get into that. Just a testament to what this guy did. Averaged 129 yards per game in 2016. Averaged 130 yards almost. And he even kicks the extra point when the kicker got injured. So he's got a little bit of background and a very versatile um, punt return. He he returned a lot of punts, and we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that in film breakdown. So let's move on to there. When you pop in this kid's film, Trent Taylor is fun, fun, fun. He's tiny. He's the smallest guy on the field every single play, uh, but he loves to line up outside. He'll predominantly play in the slot for the 49ers, but he did play a lot of outside, and he never goes out of bounds. He'll take the hit. He'll slip under the tackler. He's he's a guy that he's just a football player. He's that kind of guy that outperforms everybody at the high school level, and everybody says, yeah, but he's way too small, which is why he didn't get a lot of offers. And then he goes to the college level, and he just outperforms everybody, and everybody's like, well, yeah, but that body just can't really produce at the next level. Well, he's defied everybody up to this point, and hopefully this will continue. And the stats, uh, PFF, Pro Football Focus, man, they're going to be in love with this guy. He caught everything that came his way. He had over an 80% catch rate on all targets. So that means for every 10 passes that were just thrown in his direction, he caught eight. That doesn't even make sense. Um, He only dropped 3% of all catchable passes, which was the third lowest in the entire country. And what's most remarkable about this is he has tiny hands. Usually big hands goes with a higher catch rate, and long arms goes with the higher catch rate. 
he has neither of the those two things and but it doesn't matter he's a clean catcher and so when the ball goes his way his his hands are like glue and he's a natural patch catcher which means he does not let the ball get into his body he goes and attacks it with his tiny little hands uh, sorry not trying to insult him there but he has tiny hands but he he attacks the ball and he gets it and he goes up a lot uh, his vertical is legit and he is a jumper. And so one of my negatives I have is he probably jumps way too often. But circus catches with this guy are on the regular. Whether it's toe tapping to stay in bounds on the sideline. He knows exactly where the first down is at all times. And he fights for it. I mean, he is a fighter. Um, now, what's crazy is he takes a lot of hits because he loves going over the middle. It's almost like a challenge for him. And so whenever you see a little guy going over the middle and getting this many targets, you're thinking injuries, right? Not the case. 41 straight games for Louisiana Tech without with at least one reception. So he, he started all those games, and he had at least one reception in 41 straight games. That's just unreal, especially for a little guy like this. And it's not that he's just a possession guy. Again, we talked about his yards. He led the entire country in yards. And... He put up 32 career touchdowns. Now, the question is, how come you can say all these stats, but he was available in the fifth round? Well, he's not your prototypical wide receiver. And then you can go back and you can comment and say, well, there's Julian Edelman. There's all these short guys out there. Well, they're the exception to the rule. Everybody wants the big, strong, fast guy. And luckily for us, we have Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, and they want football players. And this guy is tough. I mean it. Whenever I say Mighty Mouse, this is who this guy is. And he's versatile, which, again, this is another giant theme with Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch. We're not sure which one's kind of pushing this or both. But they want people that can fill more than one role. Now, he started already playing in OTAs. He started already playing in the slot. He's backing up Jeremy Curley as of now. But the plan is, and the, this is Coach Shanahan said that eventually they will like to move him to outside because I think what they want to do is they want him to back up as many wide receiver positions as possible. If an injury happens or something just doesn't go uh, well with the starting lineup that they got picked right now, you could just slide him in. And on top of that, punt returns. He, he's not a kick returner. He's only returned um, a few kicks in his entire career and it wasn't very successful. But punt returns he was. He averaged 8.3 for a career, which is unreal. That's that's very, very solid, especially if you're playing the field position game because you're catching that ball in a tight window. you got to make one to two guys miss, miss and get upfield. And so he, in 58 career punt returns, he averaged over eight yards. That's awesome. That's almost an extra first down that the offense doesn't have to get on each drive. Now, the big question mark here. That shows up is he has never returned a punt for a touchdown. You, you know, if you if you grew up playing Madden and all these things and you watch the highlights, it's very easy to understand that or to think that punt return touchdowns, that's legit, right? But it it doesn't happen very often. And so this guy is not going to be a Tyreek Hill type of player. They're not even in the same category. So throw that out of your head. He is Jeremy Curley. He is exactly what Jeremy Curley is 10 years ago. And it seems like they're going to let him learn and kind of see where he fits in with that. Now, 
One other major concern, huge negative I had, he had eight fumbles in his career, which is a major problem, and that's going to have to be corrected. Um, that's just something that's just not going to help him get on the field. And if he can get that corrected, I think he just needs a, a chance. I don't, I don't think he's going to be a giant practice player that's going to wow the coaches or anything, but he's just a guy that gets stuff done. So once he steps in, we're going to see production. There's no doubt about that. So let's, let's talk a little bit about scheme fit and what it looks like for him. I've mentioned a couple things. Again, it's easy to make the whole Wes Welker, Julian Edelman comparison, but what you need to do is just look at Jeremy Curley and turn the clock back. We are getting a brand new Jeremy Curley. I know he bounced around the NFL, and he never really had a lot of success outside of what he did for the 49ers last year. But this is a guy that is a productive NFL player that we got in the fifth round that can contribute for years. And the best thing that could happen for this kid is to just spend this year backing up Jeremy Curley at all facets of the game, punt return and slot, and just learn, 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 learn. Um, now, his quickest route to getting on the field will be returning punts. Um, I could definitely see him being out there, if not as the starting uh, punt returner, eventually probably by about week eight or nine, depending on Jeremy Curley's workload, stepping in at certain times, um, especially if the game gets out of control, whether we're winning by a lot, if we're playing the Rams, or if we're behind, get that kid some work and let's see what he can do. Again, I, I mentioned backing up the slot behind Jeremy Curley. Now, he's going to be in competition with, you know, one of our old favorite picks that just never produced, and that's Bruce Ellington, who was a solid third-round pick out of South Carolina, and we had a lot of promise, but he just cannot stay healthy, and he is already taking reps ahead of Bruce Ellington, and I hate to say it, but if Trent Taylor stays in front of Bruce Ellington throughout minicamp, Bruce is going to be gone. Like, they will cut him, and he's he's not this coaching staff or GM's guy. It seems like they're giving him a chance, but whenever they put a fifth-round rookie already ahead of you, that's not a good sign. He's got an uphill battle, Bruce Ellington is. Um, I, I really do. I don't think he's going to make the roster, but we'll see. Trent Taylor, on the other hand, he is an absolute lock to make the roster. Uh, Fifth-round pick for a new incoming GM and head coach. He's guaranteed a spot. Not to mention that he's at a very weak position for the 49ers. Um, they need some wide receiver help big time. So even if he doesn't produce this year, he's safe. He's not going anywhere. Now, let, let's talk about Trent Taylor's best case scenario. When's the earliest he could see starting potential work? And I think that's pushing Jeremy Curley out the door next year. And I hate to say that because I love Jeremy Curley, and they just gave him a contract, and I understand that. But he is older. And if you look at his salary numbers, not that the 49ers are in any kind of cap trouble. In fact, we have the most cap room by a lot in the entire NFL, especially after the Browns did that whole Brock Osweiler robbery deal with the Texans. But anyway, if Jeremy Curley is cut next year due to injury, lack of production, or Taylor's just doing so well, uh, the 49ers would save $1.5 million in 2018 and $3 million in 2019 if Curley is cut. So I, I really, the earliest I think that we will see him is next year. And I can almost guarantee Curly will not live out his contract with the 49ers. And I think that they set it up like that on purpose because they knew, hey, we have a lot of cap room right now. We're going to reward you for just being who you are. Again, 
the new regime signed Curly to this extension, and the way that they loaded it basically said it's re- it was a three-year deal, but it's really a one- to two-year deal. And so Curly's going to get paid probably not the full length of his contract, but hopefully Trent Taylor um, will be a new flashy guy. And I promise you this, he's going to be a fan favorite, especially once they get those pads on and in preseason, because if you throw the ball his way, he's going to catch it. And as soon as he catches it, he flashes because he makes people miss in that phone booth type of setting. <laughs> the linebacker safety or Cordy's corner is bearing down on him. It looks like an absolute must tackle, like it's going to happen. And whoop, whoop. <laughs> and he's not usually done with just one or two. Like his eyes are always downfield, and he is a huge positive yards after catch type of guy. So that's Trent Taylor. Really excited to see what he can do. Sorry that this is a little bit of a short one, but I'll be getting you guys another podcast soon. Again, give me a follow on Twitter. It's JL underscore Chapman, JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. I really appreciate it. And shout out to Izzy Martinez for uh, staying on top of me and making sure I got this podcast out. Appreciate it, guys. Hope you have a good one. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.